Good afternoon, South Shore Insurance. This is Michelle. Hi, can I speak to Michelle? This is Michelle, Michelle? This, this is Michelle, yep. Michelle, this is Joey Jingola. Hey, Joey, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Pretty good for a Monday. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. It's probably that that's where I started. I started with a state farm agent in my career 20 some odd years ago, and that's what I did. Somebody else in the office did the life and health. When I left him and became a state farm agent, I had to do life and health, and I hated it because it was kind of a qualifier for everything. You had to sell enough life to travel. You had to sell enough life and financial services to move up to the next agency level and all of those different things, and I just... I felt like it was more of a forced sale, and then I was doing it really to meet those goals. And when I left there, I swore I would never sell another life insurance policy. And I work with some wonderful people who do that, but I don't have a life license, and that's why, because I swore I'd never sell another one. I'm holding true to that. I can't. (laughs) I used to think I was kind of the anomaly when it came to pushing maybe unnecessary lines on people. And you might say, well, Joy, there is no such thing as unnecessary lines. And I might say, okay. Uh, But that was Michelle Mosier of uh, South Shore Insurance down in Florida. And she's talking about her experience having to sell life and health. And obviously, if you, I think you remember from the first show, she was on drawing the line in the sand, drawing your line in the sand. I don't know what it was called, but uh, you know, we talked about you know her identifying the things that she does best and does not, and what she does and doesn't want to do. And this is going to be kind of a continuation of that, as will the next show that you see her or hear her, not see her, hear her on, as we kind of really focus on that a little bit. It's kind of actually going to be a little mini trilogy, unplanned, I guess, but it's working out that way. Look at that. And uh, the interesting thing is, again, I said like I thought I felt like I was the outsider in this this viewpoint, but I've talked to several agents who are, and again, Michelle said she's been doing this for about 20 years. I've been doing it for about going on eight. So we've, you know, she's probably of a, you know, a wave just ahead of me in the business. And, um, and, you know, I've talked to people that are in between Michelle and I, and I've talked to people that are older. And it seems like once you get past, you know, that, you know, maybe Michelle's and I's wave, it seems like that's just the way it was done. It was, you know, forcing that sale. And it's never felt really right to me it's about earning that sale and that's what i kind of want to try and explore a little bit today is how do we earn the right for that other sale and maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe this is just salesman 101 and that's why i i'm, I'm totally wrong i could be 100 percent willing to admit that i am way wrong on this but i'm gonna agree with michelle right now and I'm going to say that I don't like forcing the sale. Now, again, she's saying she doesn't like going from PNC to life and health. I don't like going from life and health to PNC. It's just kind of the way I do it. But I don't know if we're onto something or not. Hard to say. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, other than those stipulations, it was just like one more thing to have to transition to. And, you know, while we transition in here all day from auto and homeowners and jewelry policies and commercial and do you need this for your business insurance and that, life was just a hard transition for me. 
Well, if we want to take a second and step into my psychology classroom, I'm going to do my best to break this down a little bit, and by no means do I think I'm even close to right. But if I had to venture a guess and say, you know, Michelle's transitioning from auto, home, jewelry, stuff like that, into life and health, and you know, I'm going the other way, I'm going backwards. And the one thing that I'd said to Michelle during our conversation was, you know, life is really one of the most emotional, unnecessary, selfless sales you have to convince somebody of. And by that, I mean, it's something that literally they will never benefit a dime from. They will spend 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 100, you know, whatever, $100 a month for however long they have the policy for people that will that they will never receive that in, in return. Again, that's we're talking straight term life insurance. There's you know there's other stuff that that you you know have cash you know payouts and things like that. I get it, I get it. But overall, the you know the the, the big picture thirty thousand foot concept is: listen, you're buying this thing because you want people that you love and care about to have money when they're gone. And going backwards from that to you know again the PNC sale. Yes, they're worried about their stuff, but again, it's like, hey, my house burns down, I need something. And these are these are traumatic things, but it's hey, you you want to buy your house, you kind of have to have it. And uh, otherwise it's well, you can talk to me or talk to somebody else. Same thing with your car. It's like, well, my car gets wrecked, it gets fixed or it doesn't sort of thing. You kind of have to have it mandated by, you know, state law. And um it's just a, it's a it's not as an emotional type of sale in my opinion, right? Like, yeah, your stuff is important and yeah, you you're Listen, I, I don't, for all of the, P, I'm not knocking PNC, right? I'm not knocking, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying it's a whole different vibe, right? It's changing the vibe in the room. And to go from one to the other, it's just, it, again, it's just, you, you have a certain insurance tolerance, a certain insurance threshold with somebody to where at some point they're going to feel like they're being held hostage and you're waterboarding them. And it's just ridiculous because, I know that I've got about a 20 to 30 minute mark, which I can't really afford to spend that much more time anyways, talking to people about their life and their health insurance. At that point, I mean, life insurance is barely usually in that conversation because it's a little bit easier to understand, but their eyes are glazing over, blood is possibly shooting out their nose. It's 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 ridiculous the amount of, of information that you have. And then to then again, try and add a whole nother, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes to the conversation. This is time that we really can't afford as agents to spend just because, again, you know, commissions, efficiency, all that good stuff. Now, as our tools get better and as we hopefully have better resources to maybe do these things a little faster, a little better to where it's like, hey, you want me to take a look at the auto and home while we're here? And it's, hey, great. I've already got all I need and uh, I'll let you know, here's some, some rates and stuff. And this is the, you know, this is what I suggest. Maybe that's already there. Maybe I'm not trying hard enough because I don't like that. But my guess is I'll just put it out there. I know it's not out there in a easy enough plug and play format for most agents to take advantage of. In my agency management people used to always say to me, you know, somebody didn't qualify for our homeowner's product or somebody didn't qualify for the auto. Well, did you talk about life? And it was like, well, you know, yeah. I bought their lead or they came in here for specifically this and I couldn't help them. They weren't whipping their checkbooks out to, you know, to do something different. I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I, Michelle's right, like 100%. Like if somebody doesn't qualify for an auto policy with a company, you think that that's going to be a good life insurance prospect? You're out of your mind. That's insane. I mean, again, somebody has to, I mean, I talk to people that are supposed to be upstanding citizens that legitimately should have a moral compass that points them to wanting to buy life insurance. And most of the time they don't. 
And you think somebody that's looking for state minimum auto coverage is like, oh yeah, maybe I should take care of somebody else after I'm dead. You think that person is concerned with that? I mean, again, we're trying to squeeze water from a stone or something out of it. I don't know what that saying is. I don't know, but whatever that is, we're, we're just trying to salvage anything that we possibly can from a prospect, even though salvaging that thing, granted life insurance, I mean, they would maybe buy it once and maybe keep it in force for six months. At that point, you might not get commissions depending on how it's set up. And my point is maybe, maybe if you tried to sell them a life policy that they, you were able to convince them on and maybe they kept it the whole year, maybe you would be doing all right. Maybe, but again, it's not, you're, you're just, I mean, you're, 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 you're selling to the lowest common denominator at that point. You're not being a trusted advisor. You're, you're being a, um, oh, by the way, we've got 25 cent pack of gum too. Do you want that? I mean, that's, it's like kind of the person at the checkout register selling something like, Hey, there's a Snickers bar. Why don't you buy it? Even though you might, you can't return a Snickers bar, but you get what I'm saying, right? You're not, do, we're not doing at least the way that I view us doing our job. It's like, Hey, we're trying to actually educate these people and have them understand what they're buying, why they're buying it and why they ultimately need it. And again, that's, you know, Hey, did you talk to him about life insurance? And if somebody again, didn't qualify for the thing you brought them through the door through brought that brought them bought, brought them through the door. That's right. Yeah. If they didn't qualify for that and then you're just trying to get anything you can out of it, maybe again, maybe, but it seems very, very far fetched to actually be worth any serious effort, time, anything. Cause again, I think you're actually going to end up costing yourself more money in the long run. If you actually brought that person on as a client. And that's kind of where that mentality was. And maybe that's why I've just been so against it. You know, we do hear what we do really well. And the things that we can't do well, we partner with people who do so that we can at least be a resource to our clients. And we do that for a lot of things. We deal with a lot of people here who move to Florida from somewhere else, as you can imagine. And we want to be a resource to our clients as to, you know, where do you go when you need this? Or who do I know that can help you do that next thing? You know, you just closed on your home and now you need somebody to come help you up that moving truck. Well, I've got a client that does that. So let me connect you with somebody I know and trust and somebody who I know is insured to get you kind of through those next things as you're learning about our area. We're in a small town. so. If I produced a better podcast, that's the cliffhanger that I would be leaving you with to usher into the third part of this mini trilogy that I didn't know was a trilogy until two minutes ago. And uh, it's talking about the idea of, what, again, what we do well and partnering with the people that do what we don't do. And I wanted to make this point earlier, I kind of forgot, but, you know, Michelle was talking about being with State Farm and, you know, talking about life and health and auto and home. And and the one thing that I find problematic, I don't want to say troubling, overwhelming, but it, it's a challenge for sure, is when you're an independent agent, doing all of those lines really well, I find to be, again, challenging is a strong word, but you know, specializing in things in some capacity. We talk about niches all the time. You know, I, I every time I write a homeowner's policy, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm, I've screwed something up. Like I did a classic car. I might've talked about this on a previous show. I did a classic car policy for one of my friends I went to high school with. I'm like, man, I hope this thing is right. Cause you know, let's be honest. I've never done this before. Obviously I talked with, you know, my dad and my uncles who've been doing this a lot longer, have a little more experience. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's so many companies. So again, with just health insurance, you know, I've got 10 companies to worry about and their different products and a ridiculous amount of legislation to deal with and the overall system at hand that is that gigantic swirl of evilness, but that's a whole nother episode. The point is to, to understand that and be able to service my clients in the best possible way. 
to then, you know, again, keep up with all of the nuances of, of everything else on personal lines, all of those different companies. Granted, there's not a lot of different policies like there are with health insurance where, you know, you have 10 companies and then with those 10 companies, each company might have 10 to 20 of their own different policies to know. Uh, you know, obviously PNC is just, Hey, here's your auto policy. Here's your home policy. That's a little bit easier, but you still have a lot of different companies to choose from. And then if you want to toss in the, the whole commercial aspect of it, at some point, you're just not going to know. Now with State Farm, however, in that environment, I guess it makes a little more sense because you just have State Farm's health policy, life policy, auto policy, home policy. So it's not like you're going running around checking things all over the place. So I've always approached that from an independence viewpoint because that's all I've ever been, that's all I've ever known. I'm jealous of people that have had multiple insurance experiences. They've they've kind of had their their rebellious college years and got to go do different things. But uh, I've, I've just kind of led the straight and narrow on the independent path for as long as I've been in the business. That's the, that's the interesting part, right? That's where I guess it makes a little more sense. But just the idea of this old school selling that just really jams things down people's throats. I mean, is it the best thing that we can do? I mean, if to be honest, if I wanted to do... If I wanted to make more money and double my commissions and, and all that fun stuff, every person I talked to about health insurance, I would also talk about selling them an accidental policy or you know an accident policy or a um, critical illness. Uh, I don't know what they're calling them now. I mean, they, they changed their names, but basically supplemental policies to go on top of that, which pay a lot more commission. But again, you're talking about a health insurance policy that people can already barely afford to, to pay themselves. It's in most cases, the most expensive thing that they're paying for, in some cases, the second most. It's it's right there neck and neck with their mortgage or rent. Sometimes it's number one, sometimes it's number two, but it's always in the one or two spot. And then to come around and say, well, hey, why don't you go ahead and pay $30 a month for this thing that's going to give you twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 if you have a heart attack? I mean... Yeah, maybe if they had... Sure, all right, let's be honest. If they had that policy and they had a heart attack they would be very grateful of that money. Or if they had that accident policy and it paid them five grand for that time that they decided they wanted to pretend to know how to ski and they didn't actually know how to ski sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Are these very likely statistically probable scenarios? Probably not. Again, always has felt like more like a cash grab to me than actually doing my job of saying, hey, I'm looking out for your best interest because again, if you start adding up the dollars, you know, again, quoting, whether it's the whole family, whatever, again, you take the, the amount of money that you're quoting, I'd say umbrella doesn't necessarily fall into this umbrella is probably necessary in some capacity. Um, definitely. But you know, again, I'm taking it from the supplemental side of my business. And again, if they're paying 30, 40, $50 a month times 12 versus, you know, how much money are they going to spend to try and protect against that $5,000 thing, right? It's, it's, and the way that I look at everything is, is, is the money that you're putting up for the insurance going to quickly or faster than it should outpace the risk you're trying to protect? And in a lot of these nickel and dime things, it is. And that's where, you know, we're trying to squeeze water out of a stone. I, I, I should have looked that up. I haven't looked it up. Whatever that saying is, are we trying to do that? And are we doing really what's best for our client? Or are we, again, we're just trying to do what we need to do as a company to, to make more money, to, to close more business. And yes, there is, there's uh, both sides of the fence. We need to obviously be motivated to continue to grow, but at the expense of our client is never something that I've felt all that comfortable with. And that's why, 
you know, unless I'm, I'm, I, I really can see the value, unless I know that it's going to improve their situation. And again, it's not making my, you know, I'm not fully annoyed by selling the line. You know, it seems like we, we both have this line of PNC versus life and health. Not too many of us seem to cross it. And as long as you're comfortable with it, I mean, I guess go as far as you can. I think the ultimate point that I've been trying to get to, and it's taken me 16 minutes to do it. My apologies for wasting that portion of your life. Uh, you're free to take your refund. I don't know what you're going to get from it, but if, well, I, I guess let's try and is there a, just, I'm just kind of talking out loud to everybody and just, I'm asking you, you know, is there a way that we should be better working together, be more effectively, you know, coordinating our skills, right? You know, and we, we talk about referral partnerships, but I feel like that might be limited in some capacity. I'm just thinking of a slightly more integrated system. And yeah, maybe you want to have that person in-house versus sending it out to somebody else's shop. I don't know. I'm just saying I don't have the, all the answers because I'm terrible at talking and meeting new people. Uh, the the Should we, you know, if there is, when we when we stare at that line in the face and we say, ah, this is going to be annoying, annoying if I cross it, should we have somebody there waiting to hand that baton off too? Is, or, you know, again, is that in-house? Is that out-of-house? What does that process look like? Because that's something that I've always kind of just thought about a little bit. Or is it just to, again, like we've talked about in previous shows, to just say, forget it, focus in, laser focus on those things that you do well, continue to scale those up and continue to grow those, ramp those up and not worry about the places that, you know, you find annoying or in some cases, just, just downright unnecessary. I don't know the answer. I'm asking you. It's something to think about, but I can promise you this. The old way of doing things, of, of trying to squeeze every sale out of every prospect and just make sure everybody has sold every single policy that we can possibly sell them, is not something that is going to keep us moving forward. Instead, it's our job to figure out how we can continue to earn the sale of each and every one of those policies. of sad that I keep asking serious questions and I don't get any serious answers. Last show I asked, seriously, how do you get rid of a garbage can? And nobody asked, nobody answered it. Kind of disappointed. Yes, disappointed that you didn't tell me how I can seriously get rid of a garbage can. A little sad. I have another serious question. We're going to try again, everybody. Very serious question. So we have, uh, it's Halloween time. Every year we go to Boo at the Zoo with our kids and the in-laws and their, you know, cousins and uncles, aunts and uncles, and, and you know, normally October is not a time that I really have to worry about my sports calendar outside of maybe missing an Ohio State game, but this year, my beloved Indians made it to the postseason and advanced to the American League Championship Series, and they've decided to start the game at 4 o'clock, right around the time that we're going to go to this Booth Zoo thing, so I'm pretty sure that I'm just going to be watching the game on my phone while I take my kids around this place. Is that terrible of me? Because this doesn't happen very often, right? Like, I'm, I'm just going to do it, right? I have to. There's only, like, possibly seven games left. Or if they advance 14, if they play them all. So, serious question. I mean, because I kind of entertain the idea of, like, man, like, not going. But that, I think, you know, I get divorced if that happens. So, that's, I think that option's off the table. Uh, but... Watch the game, not watch the game, or should I just actually go for the little more subtle, discreet option of listening uh, to it on the radio, which I, I, I don't really like that, but I, I would consider it if, if most of you would tell me that I'm a horrible human being for walking around a, uh, uh, a zoo 
watching a baseball game. Either way, one more serious question for you while we're on the topic. If you know of somebody, this is something new that we're going to do. Uh, if you know somebody that doesn't listen to the show, that is in the insurance industry, presumably, why don't you let them know about it? That might be fun. I tell you to review. I tell you to go do all these other things. Just why don't you actually reach out, be a good friend, be a real human being, and say, hey, Steve, Sally, Jane, John, whatever their names are. They're probably not any of those. Hey, there's this cool podcast called Insurance in Your Words. I think you might not hate it, or you might like it. Why don't you give it a listen? That might be fun. Let's go old school on this since we were talking about old school selling. That's not good because I'm telling you to do an old school thing that might work and uh, an old school thing that didn't. Anyways, if you want to do that, that might be fun. Let's all just bring a big happy family. Maybe I'll get some more serious answers. That's really all I'm after. 